0: Body and welcome in to the Penny Bloom podcast. Today we conclude our director spotlight for Martin Scorsese with Killers of the Flower Moon. Released on October twentieth, twenty twenty three, it was based off a book by David Gran and written by Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese. Directed by Martin Scorsese. I am Colton Robertson. I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Ah. Uh.
1: What up, what up. It's always a pleasure to be here and what a day we
0: have. Today. There's something particularly special about making it to this this episode. You know, this is four this is our fourth director's spotlight, our twenty-fifth movie in those directors' spotlights, twenty-fifth feature film. So we've we've done mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of movie discussion this year. We did the build up to Asteroid City, we did the build up to Oppenheimer and Barbie, mm-hmm. and now we've done the build up yeah. to Killers of the Flower Moon. And I have to say this is my favorite mm. of any one we've built oh. up to thus far.
1: Oh, that's – that. I, I think this is without a doubt. And I, I think I figured it out. I was thinking I'm like I, – because I love all the directors we covered previously. And, like, Wes, probably still one of my favorite directors there is. He's just so unique, very different. Greta and Nolan, they're like – they're all – everyone knows. No one discredits them ever, but – you could still kind of say they're early in their game. They're very seasoned, but they're early in their game compared to Martin Scorsese. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this was,
0: this is our 25th film we're covering. This was his 25th (laughs) film in a nearly 60 year career. Uh, Yeah.
1: He's, uh, he's getting up there. And then all the, the conversations about him with his own mortality and stuff. It's, you don't get that with Wes and Nolan and mm. and Gerwig. Um, At least not yet. Uh, We'll have hopefully a long, long time. Uh, to wait for Before them to, yeah. but but this one had a, had a little bit of a different feeling to it and uh and then even getting him opening up the movie and being like hey thanks for coming in um i this story is very near and dear to my heart uh enjoy the movie i actually did nolan do that for oppenheimer
0: um, I do not believe so. There have been Ooh. there have been a few instances of it throughout the year. I know that Tom Cruise and that's what uh, it was
1: for Top Gun. Yeah. It was well, Tom
0: Maverick did it, and also Mission yeah. Impossible Seven did it. They, they mm. he did it for both.
1: I remember um, it being in some other movie where I was like, "Oh, that's actually kind of cool." Like, I, I don't yeah. I don't usually see that.
0: Um. Yeah, Tom but, Cruise does it for like every movie now because he's like, I need people to come. He to is the, Tom Cruise in to the yeah, theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's that, that is cool. It was a it was like a nice little you know to bo- to bookend this movie with mm. a little Scorsese and Scorsese there. It made me very very happy. Ah. And obviously, if you have yeah. not seen the movie, you know we'll start we'll start spoiler free for the most part, and we'll give you a warning. For when you need to get going um it is a true crime thing so the story tells it rather bluntly there's not like a big old twist i don't mm-hmm. think it wasn't for me and i have the i read the book before we went into mm. it but i still don't think there's anything that's like oh shit that's a twist um yeah, I had so, one, one moment. It was more of like,
1: "Ooh, I probably should have realized this sooner." sort of moment in the movie, but hmm. um yeah, I don't, I don't I don't it's pretty cut and dry. Like it is. It is just retelling um some history. Um some not that delightful history. This is um the the building of America right here, and usually um it's not the brightest of times uh, whenever we're going through our you know our our baby stage. Well, not really baby stages, but.
0: Yeah, we're about 150 yeah. years deep now um, at this point. Um, but
1: it, yeah, I guess for us, it's still, we're building the Amer we're building the industrialized America we know today, yeah. and this is this is how it started. Um, right, got here the was ball the- rolling. Yeah, mm-hmm. no,
0: it's uh, it's grim. This movie, it's it's not happy in any sense of the word, and. Um, it but it shouldn't be you know like the one of the weirdest critiques i'm seeing for this movie is that it's not fun i'm well, sorry bro did you I want mean, this to be fun
1: yeah ask ha, ask the people who were actually affected by these real life events and ask them if they had fun um yeah, I, I, I don't think man. so
0: um
1: i don't i don't hey, think some so. movies
0: uh, they, they, they don't have to be fun bro. that's just not something that you need especially when you're concerning yourself with the systematic genocide of an entire tribe 30 to 50 people murdered in the 1910s through the 20s in the osage nation so uh nuts yeah this not exactly not exactly a fun fucking time Mm-mm. uh no. I, another another thing you see is that this isn't worth four hours of your time It absolutely. and is. i don't know what kind of existence you got to be leading for that to be the case frankly yeah um, if
1: you need kang the conqueror and uh you know people to to show up and have inter, you know a connected universe maybe this one's not for you i don't know but uh yeah, if, you you are, know, if okay, you're
0: okay if you're not if you can't if you can't sit there for three and a half hours and watch a movie that's not you know it is what it is that's if you are
1: sixteen years old currently, I understand it makes sense yeah. just, no but uh th- this is this is like pure what mm. I feel like movies are meant to be you know there mm. there are movies that are meant to entertain and you you can just have a fun time with but this is this is like a time capsule, like a get the word out to as many people as you can, because before, before this, I, I didn't hear anything about this. I mean, like mm-hmm. I always, you know, I always knew that, that, you know, white people didn't treat native Americans the best. You know, I, I understood that concept, but I've, I've never heard of like any specifics or. Well, or and most like, of
0: what you, know, you hear in regards to that is in the settling of America, you yeah. know, it's, it's, What do it's, they call
1: it? Uh, Some like destiny, manifest destiny, yeah, literally you know, heading it out was, west. And... It was our destiny. Follow this angel west, and and just you know, that's that's kind of nuts. Uh, and that's that what we you were, hear
0: about. But that's yeah. that's about a hundred years earlier. Uh, not a hundred years earlier, but mm-hmm. you know, eighty years earlier, if ish. You know, uh, somewhere in that range. Um, yeah,
1: because they were kicked around. They were. Kicked out of Missouri, kicked out of Kansas, kicked Mm -hmm. out of Oklahoma. Like, yeah, it's like just keep keep going west. You know, so that's what so that's what you hear. You know,
0: that's what you're Mm -hmm. hearing about. But this happened 100 years ago. Wow, this happened in the 1920s. Uh, Per capita, the Osage Nation was the richest people in the world. Dang, holy crap! They were the richest people on. Earth per capita, the Osage Nation because of the land they'd settled after being—I mean—they moved from Missouri to Oklahoma, but I—I I mm-hmm. get the—I get the distinct feeling they were probably pushed from Missouri All to Oklahoma for um, some
1: really old, crushed-up dinosaur.
0: Yep, just
1: jambalaya. I don't know what to call it. Just—it's kind of—it's it, always a crazy concept to me that over over some oil. I understand. It's pretty important and crucial in running the world we know today. But like man, I get yeah, it's just greed. It is I mean that that this that that this movie will teach you the uh the concepts of greed. Um that's that's for sure. I feel like that's that's a pretty easy takeaway uh from <laughs> this one. The uh and uh sadly it's it's very racially motivated as well you know it's oh big time. it's it's not even it, like some some things are said in the movie where you're like oh you're like oh that's that is how they talked like and that is how they thought back the, in the dude day, who you know,
0: like, works at the bank who gives molly however much money she may need for her medical bills and stuff mm-hmm. and her mom's but you know like they keep track of the money the dude was the like leader of their local sect of the kkk that was the same guy. That was the same guy who was walking up the road, and Ernest is like, "Hey, buddy, how you doing? See, all our friends are out here today." You know, uh, that was like, crazy seeing him in no hoods, just out with everyone else, like yeah, as... marching in a parade. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: that's scary. That's that's a hundred years ago. Holy crap! That's yeah. like,
0: I mean, yeah, the KKK thrived into the. Well,
1: 50s, but technically still a 60s. thing
0: yeah still a thing but as far as it's it's yeah. prime so to say when it was when it was at its the peak oh, wow. of its power and um,
1: yeah a lot of you know i guess in history class you know to be fair to the schools like they can't dive into this detail
0: about, no, every not about story everything yeah, and stuff yeah.
1: like that there there are some things that i think they they gloss over a little too easily or cover up with some other things you know i do think that that could still be going on but it really takes just like a a movie or i don't know a play or or something that you can just sit down and really get engrossed with that time the time period and put yourself in 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 those people's shoes and it's not only that you're learning and that you're like kind of seeing what happened but you you can put yourself there like emotionally as well, oh, yeah. because you're you have all these characters. You have yeah.
0: You're not just taking notes. You're not just looking at a whiteboard where things mm-hmm. shit's been written and like it. The weight of it is still there, but yeah, the telling it's- of Molly Burkhart and Molly Molly Cobb's story, it it's a little different when you get to see her and you get to watch uh-huh. her be brought to life and watch mm-hmm. her you know, experience all of this because that's whose movie this is. Uh, You know, it's not told from Molly's perspective and people, people are arguing about whether or not it should have been. Um, And I can absolutely see where they might be coming from. I think it's fair to think this movie should have been told from Molly's perspective. What you get there is probably a lesser movie. What you get there is probably a shorter movie and you get a completely different movie because telling it from the perspective of Ernest puts so bluntly everything that's happening. There's no, mm. there's no like, Oh, what's happening? Who's doing this? Where's all this coming from? Yeah. Which is all the story would have been from Molly's perspective. From Ernest's perspective, you get to see just how terrible and thoroughly, thoroughly fucked up everything that's going everything that goes on is mm-hmm. and uh and
1: it's it's through this like uh Ernest is still definitely um like off the deep end like he's he's crossed the line he's he's past the threshold of of not a good guy anymore hmm. in my books i think pretty easily but as yeah. far as you know he's kind of in this gray area in the movie where where you see him contemplate these things where he's like man like him like, I'm really into deep here, or, like, is this really what I want to do? But, like, he ends up doing it, you know, anyways, and, and still following through. So it's, like, you're still, like, wow, this this dude's a pretty big piece of shit. But, you know, you compare him to, to King, to De Niro's character, and it's, like, it's kind of cut, like... I still hit like if we're measuring on the scale of like, are you going to hell or not? I mean, they're they're going to hell. Like, oh, I mean, these guys, these guys are I mean, it's it's cut and dry.
0: That's what's interesting. And I think the movie kind of contemplates it in and of itself. You know, like uh, Ernest has responsibility to take, you know, it's not. He had every opportunity
1: to Mm. not
0: go along with this. Yeah. You know, and, like, that's the thing, is that, like, if, if at the beginning, whenever, I can't remember what the first sort of step is, but I think literally his brother goes, I need to take her home. Talking about Anna. hmm And oh. he's, like, and mm-hmm. Ernest is kind of, like, yeah, probably. You know, like, yeah, like uh. That
1: pause, like, wait, do you mean. You mean, you mean kill you're her. You're not just taking yeah. her. Yeah. Like, you're
0: taking her home home yeah so that's that's the thing is that like he had every single opportunity to not get deeper and deeper into this but i love that money sir i love that money um yep
1: yeah they you know it's black gold um as as they called it loved the just um the geysers like opening up and then just the dancing around it dude. Gorgeous! that was, that was one of my that favorite was, shots that was the cool. movie. it was a yeah, trailer
0: that's... shot you know so mm-hmm. like you i seen, been fully, yeah. i was exactly. fully fully ready yeah. to see it as big as i possibly could we got to watch it in imax mm-hmm. yesterday which was a fucking treasure trove i think that was that, nice. uh, that was nice you know in a,
1: a very you know our, our theater experience as well uh, i thought i thought it was pretty funny my parents got a kick out of it they they guessed it pretty much spot on because uh, my brother was like, "All right, there's no, there's so much football on. There's no one, like no one's gonna be there. And like, if there are people there, they're gonna be old and um." So I, I came back home and they're like, "All right, how many, how many people were there?" And I'd say like, probably like seven other couples or just groups of people. Yeah, I would say fifteen you to know? twenty people total. Though. Yeah, yeah. It was like seven couples, and most of them were like fifty, sixty. At least, yeah. Definitely. Like you looked around, and like, the
0: the light shining off of heads mm-hmm. was reflecting white, white. You oh, yeah. know, yeah. We um, we were white hair.
1: We were definitely the only. Um, I'd we say were far and away 30. the youngest.
0: Yeah, we I were far we were and away the, the youngest only people in our theater.
1: Maybe the only people under like forty, possibly. I'd say they're. They're. I don't know.
0: Might um, have been one other couple that was a few rows in front of us yeah. that might have uh, might have been there, but still, it's um uh, But a rather, yeah, no, it was a. Pl- I, I had a great mm-hmm. time. You know, I thought that. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you got like, I know, I know you got it it, three and a half hours sitting in a movie theater. It's a difficult commitment. It Mm -hmm. is. And, uh, I only come out for that long of a movie if I really, really give a shit about the people creating the movie or the story being told. Um, but if you prepare yourself properly, man, if you're worried, if you're like, ah, man, I'm going to have to pee and. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I didn't get up to piss one time during a three, three and a half hour movie, man.
1: Yeah. Nope. I had a large fucking cherry Coke with me as well. Large. And I was like, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, maybe I should pace myself. Cause I'm really mm-hmm. going to be pissed if I have to go take a piss during this movie. I didn't pace myself. I was like through with that whole la- movie theater, large Coke, um, pretty much by the end of the movie. And I still didn't have to pee. And I don't mm. know, like, I remember at the end of Asteroid City, I could feel the shape of my bladder. Yeah, I, like, I, I was like, that. I had to pee so bad. And You're I don't know why. Out of
0: that theater. You're the first um, one out of the room. Yeah, yeah no, I'd, I,
1: uh, I'd go. But yeah, this one, I don't know, is a very comfortable three and a half hours. Oh, dude, uh, it
0: flies the fuck by. And you got to mm. give credit to Thelma Schoenmacher there, the, uh, the editor of this movie, Martin Scorsese's longtime mm. uh, creative mm. partner. If you can cut together a movie that's three and a half hours, I felt like this was quicker than Oppenheimer.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's and crazy.
0: Oppenheimer is notoriously the movie I've been pointing to as like, wow. If that's you're scared kid. to do a three hour movie, yeah. this is the fucking three hour movie that feels like it's an hour and forty five minutes. You yeah, know what I'm no, saying? Like, a, yeah.
1: this movie's longer but feels shorter. Yeah, is, I don't know how that works,
0: but no,
1: it's it is an easy three and a half hours, it, and it's. It's not like it feels like it's two hours. I'm not going to tell you it's 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 brief. Like you're mm. you're sitting there, but I mean like it just it felt very easy. Like it was not. I don't know.
0: Like I it's I wanted roasting, man. It, yeah, it's I don't know. All Sometimes
1: like in a long movie, like I do have that fatigue a little bit of like okay, like I know this movie is still good, but like I it could wrap up. You know, like I yeah. could i could I could get the the cliff notes here and and be all right, but this one was i was like i was just like i need to know everything i you know i i just i still need to know every detail i'm in I'm in this story completely you know i was I was completely engrossed um never never had that thought of like okay, this could end up um whenever ooh I was about to about to go into spoiler territory there um no so <laughs> nah, but
0: whenever whenever you have uh, a three and a half hour movie that doesn't feel bloated, you know, at all. There's like mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single place you could trim the fat off this movie, man. Like it's just it necessitated that long of a runtime. Uh it it told the full conspiracy. You know, there's not there's not a sink like I read that book. There's not a single fucking thing he le- they left out of wow. this movie. You know, like it's That's cool. Because every single part's so important, and, you know obviously they glaze over a few of the the details about why certain people are murdered, like you get that montage at the beginning, but it's all in the service of the the same purpose, funneling that money from the pockets of Osage peoples into the pockets of white people and mm-hmm. uh yep it's yeah, fucked like, up
1: man it's it's deeply fucked legally, up legally, you know, and what What was the, um, oh, what's the guy's name in Irishman? Lewis? Cancel me. Cancel me. Wow. That's a, yeah, okay. Um, but how he was talking to the, yeah, um, whoever, I don't know, insurance people.
0: I'm putting, yeah, putting money on like some sort of lawyer, like an executor of a will or something, you know, like, uh.
1: Like, so now that my wife's dead or whatever. It goes on to my, if, if I, I adopt her, daughter, her yeah, children, I, yeah, and they die, would I get the estate and all the money, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you know, it, it sounds to me as if you're planning on adopting and killing these children. You know, I obviously can't let you do this. He goes, oh, well, if it's not, like, legal, then I, I won't do it, you know, but, like, can I do it or not? You know, and I was just like, how are you? how are you speaking of this? So just.
0: Well, matter matter the fact, thing is that it's like, so casual, like it's handled so casually and so candidly that it's so mm. fucking disgusting throughout yeah. the movie, man. Like it's so blunt. And so they order the deaths of people. Like you order a fucking drink at a restaurant, you know, like it's, it's yeah. so fucking easy to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kinda like a an Irishman thing, you know, where we were talking about how you get these extremes that you don't get in in normal everyday lives when you're when you're dealing about killing people and actually going through with that and and seeing what that does to people. Um and in this I mean, it, it's, it, I guess the Irishman is, is based on, on truths and stuff like that, but this is, is kind of even worse. Um, you know, like, I don't know, this is just really praying off of a particular group of people instead of oh, no, just. no. I'd like,
0: say that morally. This yeah. is immensely more fucked up than the, Irish yeah, the like, Irishman. Yeah, because like,
1: usually if you're dying in the Irishman, you're already in the game. You know, you've, you've already. Yeah, you're not, you're not getting fully
0: it. taken advantage of and betrayed by the people you've married. Yeah. You know, like, it's yeah. like, these are, these are your husbands and the fathers of your children who are conspiring to have your entire family murdered so that they can funnel the, po- the wealth of your family into their pockets. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And that's what's interesting about, uh, Ernest Burkhart's character and Leonardo DiCaprio's performance of him is that this didn't have to be much different than a lot of his mob movie protagonists, sort of, where it's, it's a pretty common trope in mob movies where you are torn between mm-hmm. two families. You're torn between what you feel like you should do and your loyalty to this thing of ours, you know, like, uh, y- you know, and, Usually, they end up going with the loyalty to the the mob, you know, and that's kind of what he does in this movie. With uh, he he maintains loyalty to the family instead of uh, loyalty to you know, his actual family, um, which is pretty demented, pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, and he goes, would full be, Henry Hill," you know. So it
1: would be cool to to have read. Uh, beforehand, but yeah, I was... I just went in completely blind. I knew, like, nothing. At all. And, for parts of the movie, I didn't... Like, I was still, like, kind of rooting um, for De Niro, you know, for King, and, like, I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe this dude isn't... isn't terrible, you know? I'm I mean, like, it doesn't
0: take it's... long to realize that, though.
1: Yeah, I know, but he's seeming like a family man, you know? He's praying for people... You know that that's that's kind of cool, and like Osage.
0: Oh like, yeah, he speaks their lover. language. He's their he's like, their he friend. Up, yeah. yeah, I
1: think I think it is to to Molly. I think um, maybe it's someone else. Actually, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but he just walks over to someone, speaks to them in their language, and then like just starts praying for them, like right mm-hmm. in front of them, just right there. Uh, while yeah, it's
0: amidst there. the big ass party like, whenever. Um, uh, I think he goes over to Rita and their sister, whoever Byron's or Bill, mm. whoever Bill Smith is married to at the time. Um, I can't remember which sister that was. Um, but she's not doing too well. You know, like uh, yeah. she's 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 on her way out. That's and, right. Uh, okay. Man. Yeah, and that's what's that's what like so uh, to to touch on a few last spoiler free mm-hmm. things here. Uh, let's just, let's just go over for me what this is going to get nominated for at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. So what this is going to get nominated for is best director, Martin Scorsese. And I think for me should win. Um, mostly because the Oscars are like kind of a give and take thing, unless there's just an obvious fucking sweeper. And I don't think there is this year, but I think they're going to give killers of the flower moon best director. And all the other big awards are probably going to go to Oppenheimer. You know, I think that this won't win Best Adapted Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Now that I've seen Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon and read both the things they're based on, Oppenheimer is just an astonishingly well adapted screenplay. Like it's fucking ridiculous. Um, okay. Yeah. Best Supporting Actor. Robert De Niro. Ooh. No fucking doubt. I think Leo, Leo's probably even going to get a nod for best leading actor. Uh Lily Gladstone will sure as shit get a nod for best lead actress. Um this might even get production design uh, a nod for that. It won't win. I think Barbie's a shoe in for that, but I think it's a I think it'll get a nod. Um cinematography it's a shame that Rodrigo Prieto is always against some of the best looking shit of all time. I think Oppenheimer's going to win that too, but I think he will, he will be, he will be up for it. Um, let's see. The score was fucking gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. Robbie Robertson fucking dominated that at several points. Um, let's see.
1: What's this best picture? Is that just a general, just kind of like overall? Yeah, that's the
0: best that's the best movie. Yeah. I
1: feel like I feel like it's up there. Like it's um, I think is, it's is, fully is like deserving. A, I haven't seen Past Lives yet, but um Past
0: Lives won't win. I want it to. It mm-hmm. won't though. Um not when you have Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, that's gonna be the matchup of everything the fucking night mm-hmm. is going to be Oppenheimer or Killers of the Flower Moon, all fucking evening, um I think Past Lives best shot at an award is best original screenplay. I think it's fully deserving of that. Um But and and I think that I loved Greta Lee as the lead actress mm. in Past Lives and up until yesterday she was my pick for best lead actress. Wow. Yeah. Lily Gladstone is fucking astonishing. Yeah. In this movie, I mean man. this like it's
1: to play to go from healthy to sick healthy again is like already hard enough and then like having to d- just i felt so bad for her because like just the amount of death that she had to like go through and we we saw it like through her a lot of the time of like hearing the news here's the reaction um mm-hmm. and like
0: oh my her God, screams I- will be with me until i fucking die man
1: that like, like uh downstairs and then yeah you know, no man i
0: i immediately i got sh- i got chills just talking about it right now and i immediately started crying when man. she did that because it's is such a complicated movie for that for that reason you know it's um uh, it's sad subject matter but it's presented so bluntly and so plainly mm-hmm. that you don't really get a chance to attach yourself to any of the characters besides molly molly's the only one that you feel a connection to you know and everything else every bit of feeling you get out of this movie is how it affects molly you know you do not there's not an ounce of me that ever felt bad for Ernest or or uh king yeah and i don't think there's ever any reason to but like uh And I'm I'm interested to see when we get to a little bit more spoilery territory, just how deep into the movie it is before you realize exactly what's happening, because I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, but, uh, Mm -hmm. there's, there's just so much to like, man. And I think that the more we talk about it, the more, this is probably my one of the year, you know, um, Past lives gives it a tough, tough run for its money for me, simply because that makes me fucking sob for reasons that are not based in real life tragedy. You know, like uh, part of the reason this movie is so fucking sad is that it happened. Um, it's always
1: a shitty reminder, you know. Yeah, to be like, ooh, nope, this isn't isn't made up. You know, this is is very real. Yeah, but yeah,
0: I have I have no doubt. My two favorites of the year are Killers of the Flower Moon and Past Lives. What, which one I can put over the other? I couldn't really tell you. But uh, dude, I I fucking adored this movie, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about some spoilery, some more spoilery territory with you. If uh, uh, if you might be ready, do you think you oh,
1: are? I'm, I'm ready to jump into the spoiler. I almost did one, uh, and I I did. I did hold myself to it but
0: all right all right but yeah so if you uh if you haven't seen the movie feel free to get going I will say it, like I said it's true crime all the information is out there as far as spoilers are concerned there's only one huge thing at the end that I don't think you'll want spoiled um simply because it's such a in a in a shitty shitty feeling movie like where you just feel like shit the whole fucking time there's one little tiny ray of sunshine at the end um, and it's extremely small but it's still there um, mm. and so that we will discuss that but maybe we try to put that off as, as, as long okay. as we can and we talk about the content, content of the movie and whenever we're arriving there I'll give you another warning so okay. Okay. spoiler free territory over we're getting into it um so yeah I read I read the book that this was based off of and so I knew the entire time how big of a piece of shit King was I knew mm-hmm. that Ernest was a big time accomplice um and I knew that from the jump so I'm extremely interested in when that became apparent to you Okay I remember
1: I think Whenever I, it, like, clicked that, like, Ernest is, like, the top, top dog here, um, was also the moment that, like, the doctor thing clicked for me, as, like, the doc, like, I didn't, I thought the doctors were being genuine and just being doctors, um, and I forgot, like, when that exact moment was, but it was, um, maybe just king talking to the doctors or something like that um oh like a healthy guy is there and they're like i don't know like this one's not looking too good or something yeah, like henry that yeah henry roan yeah um yeah what
0: about my melancholy
1: that's right yeah, yeah and i was like oh i was like oh wait a- oh no it goes like it's not just him making like he he's got control over over things um that that was one moment where i remember like a little click um let's see i can't i think that that was probably the only moment where i was like oh maybe i i could have caught on to that a little a little earlier um but i think everything else was pretty like um
0: well and that's that's what's interesting about the movie is that like it's i I talked about how they order hits like it's ordering soda at a restaurant Mm -hmm. or something but it's it's interesting to see how it was it was veiled at the beginning, in the slightest way, you know, like very very like like I said at the beginning of the movie, he's like I think I need to take her home, mm. you know, and then at the end of the movie they're like maybe you should just kill her, you know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 the evolution over the course of this movie is, you know, maybe we should just fucking kill them, would that be such a problem? You know, um,
1: God, dude, yeah, it's like the the way, like, I don't know, they, they weren't, I guess it's mainly Ernest, that's, like, the person that we're constantly seeing this, like, back and forth with, but, like, I remember King, like, slowly, like, he would say things, and I'm like, okay, alright, like, he seemed to, to put up this facade of being, you know, a very, very nice family kind of guy, but then he'd, he'd throw in just a few things, and it would be like, ooh. Well,
0: yeah, you know, he's the he's the he's the he's the king of the Osage Hills. You know, he's the guy, you Mm. know, everyone trusts him whenever they're going for the they're putting the bounty on whoever's doing the murderers, the murderers head. He adds a thousand to the pot because he's so fucking cocky that nobody will ever figure out he's doing it.
1: Insane. Yeah. Like that's that's in oh, wow. I don't think at that point in the movie, I I fully realized he was behind it. Because that's – that he is just putting up $1,000 that no one finds that it's him. Like, not that – I guess they would find, you know, he's not the one who, who did the deed himself, but, like, he's the man at the top calling the shots. Right, right. But, like, so he's putting up $1,000 against himself. That's that's pretty baller. Yeah. Um, baller, okay, in the sense, not – I do not fuck with this guy in any, any way, but – um like i de niro as just any mob figure i mean it just goes so hard i don't no, know yeah, like this after man, uh, coming off the irishman too it's like now hmm. seeing him as the the boss now you know he's 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 reclaimed the boss title uh right. was the muscle in an irishman but now he's 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 back to to boss status um too bad he's he's just his performance is
0: immediately fucking amazing too Mm. like you 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 are left with no questions about who one of your favorite presences in this movie is going to be as soon as he pops up for the first time when uh leo heads to the house at the beginning of the movie and uh you know he's like my boy how are you doing today and he's got like the, the southern draw and stuff and uh, mm-hmm. De Niro and De- I talked a little bit a couple weeks ago during Gangs of New York about how Leo doesn't do a whole lot of voice work. Um, but you you get a little bit out of that with with him this week. You know, he's got the prosthetics, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the prosthetics in his mouth, and he's you know he's a little bit more. He's got a little bit more of this thing going on. Uh, oh
1: yeah, it's definitely not his normal voice. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how much of it is the prosthetics and like his just acting as well. I think he's he has to do a little bit.
0: Um I mean De Niro, I don't think I've ever heard De Niro with a Southern Draw before. Like that was kind of jarring, you know, uh when he starts speaking, I'm like, oh shit, Bobby. Uh I fucking love him in yeah. this movie. Uh that performance is so mm. scary. You know, just because he's so casual about everything. He's so Yeah. Plain about it all. And, you know, you get those, you get little hints at the beginning. And, ah, man, it'll be good for you to watch this knowing the full fucking time what his intentions are and what he wants to do. Because Ernest coming there, it becomes like it, it, it's abundantly clear that the entire goal from the get go is to get this rolling. And Ernest is just a way to get it rolling. Wow. Um, yeah. Because, you know, he asks him at the beginning, like, you like women? You know? Uh, and he's like, mm-hmm. Oh yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, la- they're my weakness. Uh, you know, white women, black women, red women, blue women. I like them all, sir. And he's like, Oh, we're going to have to keep you on a leash. You keep that thing wrapped up over there. Uh, you know, that, that whole thing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's fucking good, dude. Yeah, I, th- I, uh, I
1: thought that's why he was asking if he liked women was, uh, asking if he brought back any disease from the war. Um, I thought he was just trying to see if, like, um, I thought he was, like, seeing if he brought back, like, HIV or something from Mm. the war, and then if he, you know, I, I thought that's why he was, like, a double check, uh, to see if, like, I, I don't know, I was, I was trying to figure out King a whole lot, like, while he was going, like, I guess, like, through the, you know, I think that's why the story does work through the eyes of Ernest, because, like, you do kind of have this, like, brand new, fresh face in the town, and, like, um like he's been gone and like so we are kind of going through the town and learning everybody and and getting all the like experiences through him um so i think it does make sense that way and like i i think like ernest didn't know that like his uncle did he like fully know himself like right when he came over that like because he he's he said he was like afraid of his uncle and he knows what he's capable of or something, but, that, uh, like, is that that,
0: that was based on the he, knowledge
1: he has after getting back, or known before?
0: I believe so. I believe that, you know, uh, you know, he's a powerful man, though, so maybe he had shown glimpses of being capable mm-hmm. of some more deeper, darker shit, you know, uh, but I didn't, I, I took it to mean that since he'd been back, he'd kind of gleamed that. Um, I, I, <laughs> I really, really enjoy the uh, the sort of chemistry that De Niro and DiCaprio have in this one. And I think that, like you were saying, telling it from the perspective of Ernest opens up the story to a point where it it can be much more straightforward and mm-hmm. you get to handle Molly with a lot more agency that way. Because you can speculate about how much she knows and how long she knows uh, something's going on, and but if the story's told from Molly's perspective, you have to make that choice storytelling wise mm. when she knows, and then if she figures it out early, why she doesn't do anything about it, and why you know, like yeah. stuff like that. There's just a there, you could fumble that character so horrendously bad if you tell the story from her perspective like and and i mean that from a sense that like if it's told by martin scorsese you know like ernest has a lot in common i think with a lot of scorsese protagonists uh he's but he's still he's more pathetic than a lot of them you know at least a lot of them with, like, Henry Hill and Jordan Belfort and all these... They inspire an entire faction of people who watched the movie to go, see, but that guy's kind of fucking cool. Mm. Yeah. You can't watch this movie and think anybody... Like, you can't think King or Ernest are cool in any capacity. You know, like, they are... They're deeply fucked up, and in an Ernest case, he's pathetic. You know, like, he is... Yeah. You've... he's just kind of there, you know, and, uh,
1: there's a legion of fanboys for either Ernest or Hale coming out of this movie. Run. Um, yeah, you need to, uh, you need to
0: look out. You need to look out for them. Uh, -hmm. cause that'd be, that'd be demented. Uh, no, it's, I just appreciate, I appreciate everything. Like I can't, there, there was a good critique for the movie that, um, That I've seen and I can I can absolutely understand the like the story should be more centralized on Molly, you know, I think that she does kind of disappear from the movie for a while whenever she's sick, you know, we keep we come back and we check on her every once in a while, but then we go Mm -hmm. back to doing whatever we're doing because she's been incapacitated, you know. But even so, every time she's on screen, Lily Gladstone commands it. And to be acting opposite Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, and to every time you're on screen, you are the highlight.
1: Mm. Yeah, I remember, I don't know, it's reminded me of uh, the scene where she first invites him in for dinner. Mm. Um, and then, you know, they're just talking. And a line that like stuck with me throughout the whole movie. Uh, De Niro says it early on. Um he says like you got to watch out like they they're a lot smarter than they seem. You'll you'll want to fill the dead air mm, with yeah. um I don't know. They th- he says like they have this like command over over the room. I don't know. Like they just they're very
0: they're observant. They know what's yeah. going on, you know. And, and like, even so knowing that Knowing what he is and who he becomes—that's mm. cocky. Yeah, you know, being like they're observant. They know. They know what's going on. You yeah. know, that's, yeah, that's that's him crazy. being like, but they still can't figure me out. You know, like, uh,
1: jeez, yeah, I didn't even. Man, it, it's crazy knowing King from the start like that. No, that really I, it does it, change. It, 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 Change some things.
0: Honestly, Um, I bet, I guarantee you, you'll like the movie more now that you know everything. Like, and that's, and that's what's crazy is that like, the movie's already so powerful if you are coming into it from a blind spot and you learn all this from it. But if you know the story and you know who is responsible, it's even more fucked up and it's already so fucked up, you know, like, uh, and that's what's, that's what's yeah. crazy about it, man. I can't get over it. But, yeah, to go back to what you were saying, the scene where she invites him in for dinner.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, I don't know, This he, he's kind of nervous. Like, it, the one thing that I think is true is that Ernest actually does have feelings for Molly. Like, this is – I think it, like, it. it seems that the relationship actually kind of started off, you know, just he was her cab driver, you know, that he got a few – Few remarks in there, and then now they're like kind of having their first date here. Um, and 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 this it seems true. Um, I don't know and, what you
0: just said, but uh, must have been Indian for handsome yeah. devil,
1: <laughs> handsome devil. Yeah, and she, Molly got a you know, she she laughed, you know, they're they're kicking no, it yeah, off, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, they're I think it's it's working. Um, and and then uh, just the you know. It gets down to, I don't know, they're about to drink some whiskey or whatever, but then it starts to rain. And then, you know, Ernest is like, oh, oh, I got to close the window. And, you know, Molly's just like, no, no. Come here. Sit down. Just shut up, you know, or like we just be still, we just be. We just got to be quiet for a while, you know, and I'm just and, you know, like Ernest at first is like. Oh well it's sure good for the nope. crops you know he's like and she's like no nope, come still. on yeah and like like he's he's trying to fill you know trying to fill that dead air and then like over the span of the movie you see how like much more comfortable he is with like just their way of living and like mm-hmm. how um just integrated he is like with their lives now um and it in you know being a piece of shit that at least that that was a cool um kind of progression to see over the span of the movie and like a really good way to show time passing like because there were a lot of time skips but they were oh, yeah. so fluid like it was like like almost like the shot literally like panned into the i don't it was just and then like they were talking about having a baby and then boom they're fu- here's the fucking bait you know baby walks yeah. in next next scene, and you're like, oh, well, shit, okay, like, now we're, we're fucking, nine, at least nine months, probably a year or two, you know, I don't know, like, jumped, and, and then you get, you get some, I don't know, I thought that the time jumps were, were really cool, and handled really well throughout the movie. Um, a lot of them were, I don't know, a lot of death time jumps, like, just to, to get to a person's death, or, or uh, someone died, and then time of mourning, and then past, You know, time passed that way. Mm. Um, Yeah, a whole lot of people died, that's for sure. Um,
0: No, I mean, like, at the very beginning, whenever Lily Gladstone's narrating, and she's like, this person, their age, no investigation. This person, their age, no investigation. mm. This person, their age. You watch her get shot from a window over her baby, and then you hear her, you see him drop the gun into her hand, and Lily Gladstone goes suicide, and like uh, and you're immediately like, oh fuck, you know, like oh my fucking god, uh, mm. and that that that's the stylistic points of this movie, you know, that that like silent film sort of thing they had going with the black and white montage explaining that they were the richest people per capita. And that they, they had chauffeurs and everything. Like I loved that, but something that I've really enjoyed about Scorsese portraying violence in his last two movies, The Irishman and, Mm. uh, and Killers here. There's, when it came to Goodfellas, you know, it was like, it was brash. It was over the top. It was, Mm -hmm. there's something of it that's sort of glorified almost you can't do that with this movie you know and you shouldn't you know like you absolutely shouldn't do that with this movie and Mm -hmm. they don't everything so it just fucking happens and it's It's always so like oh yeah yeah. it's it's more devastating that way that's if you were going to portray death by murder in a movie I don't think anyone does it better than Scorsese does where mm-hmm. it's so there's no, there's no dramatic tension. There's no, there's no final standoff. There's no, oh, you're going to do this to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've known each other for years. You're going to do this. to No, there's none of that because anything that you could possibly say is implicit in that moment. And none of it matters because they died. I you know, the,
1: like the best example, is it Anna? Is that the sister's name? Uh, when they finally show what happened out, out in the woods. Yeah, like, you know, they you get the explanation of it in court. And you're already like, wow, that's like, that's so uneventful. Like, that's so, like, you just took her out in the woods and, and shot her. And you're Oh, and it's you're even more fucked up the way it.
0: they're, like, trying to hold her up. And she's like, you took me out here to kill yeah. me. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, and it was already bad just hearing the words spoken in court. But then you see it actually played out. And then you're like, oh my God, it's so much worse. like it's so much worse. Like it's even worse. And then just oust it like it's over. And then they're like, ah, right, well, they look at each other and that's it. You know, it's it's just a crazy
0: She actually had one of the most one of my favorite performances in the movie. Car she did uh, very well. Myers yeah. as Anna. Yeah. Dude uh, Again, the fact that you were coming onto the screen with DiCaprio most of the time with her scenes. It was mostly DiCaprio she was on screen with at any given point. She commands it, dude. She was so fucking good as Anna. And she gave the like it's so interesting about how every single actor who played a member of the Osage Nation, you can say it's a great performance and you could say it's devastating. There's not a single one where you can go like I was, that was just a, that was just an oh, all around happy, was good, light. Yeah, maybe the light. only one is Tatanka means as, uh, as oh. a John wren uh, cause he has a little bit more of a, you know, he's a part of the Tom right. Smith, uh, investigation crew. He's got a little bit more of a, but he's even, he's from a different, uh, he's from a different tribe, you know, like that's not a, he's not Osage. He's, he's mm-hmm. coming from a different, uh different part of the country to visit and everything. So
1: I was going to say the mom, the mom, the mother, uh, Lizzie Q.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: Although still devastating to see like her children die and everything. I think she had like the, she had a natural death, you know, as it seemed. Um, And I I thought her, her death was like, that scene was, was pretty cool. Like, um, what she saw versus, you know, like, we we see her um going into you know i guess their version of heaven or the afterlife you know being mm. being ushered um by people and presumably and
0: you, by their father as well yeah you know the like one who's never around like,
1: too. yeah it was an immediate smile you know it was all, like it was just like oh my god but you knew you knew what was happening you're like obviously she's not she like obviously this isn't real you're not you're you're not thinking like oh she's better and this is actually happening this is like a a ceremony that they're doing or whatever no like you're like okay she's she's passing on and then and then the cut back to the family and then like you know just all the cries um mm-hmm. man just the cries and the screams were they just they hit every time like it was it was just
0: brutal it was extremely good and it's actually yeah. interesting that you say that uh There is a a lot of speculation about Lizzie Q's death, um, being natural, um, because it happens two months after Anna died and it happened like it's, uh, it's very, very in only a couple months before the Smiths are bombed, um. So every time, like, even in the court case later on, mm. there's something that says that they're talking about Molly. I can't remember if it's in the court case or if it's in the true crime presentation thing when they go, uh, her sisters, her mother, her cousins, her ex husband, all dead. Mm. You know, like, uh, so there's always been an interesting speculation about whether or not Lizzie Q was actually murdered along, alongside the rest of them because there's, uh, What they tried to do to Molly—that was the way they killed most people. Was just the slow poisoning of them until they were so weak they just died. Wow! Like there was obviously a lot uh, of—I didn't know that. I thought it was like—I
1: thought it was through the insulin that that was like the end for Molly. Um, But they just did that. They. Oh no.
0: Well, the doctors were in on it. Yeah, so they would... Oh, my God. If the doctor... Like, if there's anybody coming to the doctors, the doctors are helping kill them. Holy shit. That's... Like, just... it ran fucking deep, and it was... Like, even during the court case, when Brendan Fraser stands up, and, you know, he's like, my, That is my client! Uh, I haven't gone to speak with him! In over two
1: weeks, yeah, like oh man, how just going over the top there. That that was,
0: dude, that was it's outstanding. Awesome. And he's trying. You know, people are misconstruing that presence, uh, completely wrong. I think mm-hmm. people are saying that it's not. Like, how did this get through? How was it? He's very clearly trying to intimidate, like confuse. Yeah, uh, guess, like gaslight
1: the fuck out of the dude. I mean. He comes back, he comes, he sits in that chair, they beat you, they tortured you, and he's like,
0: no sir, no, they, they, he is trying to save you, you. dumb boy, boy. oh yeah, yeah. dude, uh, brilliant, (laughs) just like, he only had a couple minutes of screen time, but he was fucking fantastic in that time, man, but that scene particularly, whenever they, whenever they walk in the room, and that was like, during the trailer. Whenever you see that shot, the line that comes over where it's like, uh, you know, he walks into the room and everybody looks up at him. You know, it's like that dark room. Everyone's very dramatically lit Um, Mm -hmm. in the trailer. That's the that's the part where the line is read. Can you find the wolves in this picture?
1: Oh, that Um, was the the one the one line that uh, I was I don't know that stuck out as as maybe my nod for the movie was that one. Uh, I thought I thought there was going to be some callback to it. Um, there never was. Um, thought there was going to like the book. I thought the book was going to like come back at the end and like they were going to close the book. You know, I was going to end with their history or something like that. Um, but I thought it was I don't know a very the whole clear... book stuff
0: was hilarious too. You know, mm-hmm.
1: uh... can you read? <laughs> yeah, like. Even him asking like, in the first place. I can, I can like, read,
0: sir. And then he's like, "All right, well, I want you to read this." And he's like, "I can read." You know, yeah. he keeps he keeps he, he keeps he, dwelling on the fact, saying that he can read, which makes you think maybe this motherfucker can't read. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh,
1: yeah. Why would you have to say it that many times? You know, like it's usually, I guess, a hundred years ago, going off to the war.
0: No, I mean literacy has never been the strong suit of people until recently. Wow. Um,
1: Wow. That's a crazy thought. Just being able to look at a word and know what it is. Mm-hmm. Damn.
0: Like, I can't even see all of your sweatshirt and I know what it says. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> that, yeah. It, and it's backwards. Yeah. You, you. That's how good you are at reading. You don't even need the whole word or
0: for it to be correct the no, right see, way. See, that's the thing is that, like, it's just it's so fascinating to see that that... I, and it's clear that he could read because he ends up going back to and yeah. he, you know it looks like he's struggling for a little bit he reads it out loud to himself and stuff and uh mm-hmm. and then yeah, he is
1: uh, he is following his finger so maybe he is learning to yeah, read he's having a little know, bit, through this a little yeah. bit of
0: a tough time and i also love that another interesting little indication that maybe he's not the strongest reader is that when he's handed the book he flips through it but he does it from the back to the front nice. um Ooh. and he like holds the pages like that um that's true. Which is just like that's not how you look through a book typically. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, yeah, no, I uh, there. There's just a lot, a lot to like in this movie, man. But uh, yeah, is can you find the wolves in this picture? Your favorite, uh, your favorite line of the movie? I think, I think so. I don't know.
1: I was, I guess, I guess that's probably on IMDb. They probably have some quotes in there because I was trying to remember. Uh, just oh wow, that's the top one on IMDb. Can you find the wolves in this picture? Um, that's a trailer one. Yeah, handsome devil. I guess that was cute, but like, nah. um.
0: But yeah, it's, right. it's immediately it's like complete all the all the niceness of the beginning romance budding becomes immediately stomped out by the next two and a half hours.
1: Yeah. And there, there's barely any quotes on there, um, and a lot of them are just trailer.
0: You know, you got a, I do love that. You got a nice sir. color skin. What color yeah. would you say that is? My color. That's a goodie. That,
1: that could be the bar. That could be the bar. Another trailer, trailer line though. They knew that was already a bar. I had yeah. to Throw that one in there. Um. Yeah, I think. Ooh, I'll, there was I'll
0: a good one, one from William Hale. You know, uh, right before he spanked Ernest, um, expecting a miracle to make all this go away. You know, they don't happen anymore. No. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. just was, a- yeah,
1: in the whoop ass scene as well, um, and Freemasons as well. Uh, just a little, you know i I don't I don't know like anything about them. I thought that that I thought that that was like some Illuminati shit. Like literally, I thought that that was they were kind of like some weird conspiracy that like was I don't know, and like I could be like way off left field on this one, um, but like when he was like I'm a I don't know high ranking member of this free of the Masons, do you know what that means, Ernest? You know, and I was like, what does that mean? I kind of I kind of want to know what that means. Like, is is that like I don't know. I don't know what the hell the freemasons are.
0: I don't either. But I don't either. Yeah, they had But no, yeah, that that whole thing like there yeah, was like, a, there was a tweet I book. saw prior yeah. to going into this movie that every once in a while there's a r like a a joking A joke whenever a movie comes out that was like i really liked that movie but it was kind of odd whenever these two just bare bones bareback had sex in the middle of the movie and it's like always like these random two characters that it doesn't make any like it was really weird whenever spider man got bent over by the green goblin and no way home and like they started having sex in the middle of the movie and like Uh so like i saw one that was like I really liked this movie but it's kind of bizarre that nobody's talking about the fact that Robert De Niro straight up spanks Leonardo DiCaprio as hard as he possibly can m- multiple times and I was like I read that as like a ha that's funny you know um and then it and then it comes it up in the movie happens. he gets he's like alright put your elbows down and I was like oh, oh no it's it's real it's happening uh dude fucking killed. Me.
1: he broke the paddle I mean yeah, it was very fraternity like um you know with all this weird ass room what the fuck yeah. else what is that room used for um otherwise
0: yeah man, you know, i don't fucking know whatever
1: book that was maybe the bible i don't know like in the, like it was it seemed like a a spanking ceremony almost you know like this is done normally very culting. Um, yeah um so that's that's interesting I'm probably going to do a deep dive rabbit hole on the Freemasons now um, on YouTube tonight. Um,
0: yeah. That was, a, that was a funny moment theater wise as far as like the mixed reactions of what you heard whenever they yeah. got the paddle out and you just hear like, yeah. Oh, you know, like you heard a few giggles, you heard a little, Oh, you know, like, a, Oh no, everyone knew what know? was
1: coming. Yeah. It was not, not many audible reactions from the audience, or from the other people there, but the deaths there were a lot of gasps um like whenever mm. someone would like get shot yeah. and stuff like that. I remember um particularly one i feel like elderly woman didn't like seeing people die um, yeah and uh she is was, she's was very very taken back um yeah. by by someone dying every time but uh you yeah, know that was that was got a few giggles. Oh, that's for sure.
0: That yeah, whole, the, oh that no. Cool. You yeah, know, just that man. little like, oh God, man. Like, you know, oh, like, oh, like, We're God, doing this yeah, right now? Like, yeah, this we is- got, we, we're straight up getting this on in a score, in a Scorsese movie. We finally have a scene in a Martin Scorsese movie where De Niro is actually literally spanking Leonardo DiCaprio. Not just like, you know, metaphorically yeah. washing like, him in a scene. Just yeah, like.
1: kind of reminds me of when Oppenheimer came out, people were like, yeah, Oppenheimer was great, but like what about that fit uncut fifteen minute sex yeah, scene? Exactly. You know, like, whatever. That. And it's like, okay, you guys are fucking lying, whatever. No. This is full on. You get like I mean, you get like one, two, three. I mean, you get like like five. And then Flaps, you watch maybe? him
0: curl to the ground and then he gets told to sit in the chair and like you watch him sit and he's like, oh, you know, At, like, yeah, literally hurts. dude. Uh, it, what the hell? Wow. It's.
1: I didn't know that it's a scene I needed. Um, But now needed it all my have,
0: life, apparently yeah, this there is, was some there was some deep seated need within all of maybe, us.
1: Maybe this was like a a that's why it was ritualistic this was like a passing of the torch um yeah. you know, these these old <laughs> fellas are on their way out they're they're you know this is a rite of passage uh leo if you if you want to if you want to get as old as i am and still be in the game
0: not know, a lot of ways to fake this either like he's smacking the shit out of my man's ass there
1: yeah i guess the pat the the paddle could probably be padded or something like that but like yeah. when you're hitting that
0: hard there's a thump there regardless. Um Yeah.
1: I think think Leo I think they just had to kind of do it,
0: you mm-hmm. know? Um I wonder That's if a I wonder the if actually story actually look broke, forward to hearing.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they um, actually broke the paddle. Um right. <laughs> or not. If 80-year-old Robert De Niro can actually even swing that hard too.
0: Um, right. Yeah, no. I mean, seemed like it. Seemed like yeah. it, but uh No, nah, man. There's a uh, there's a lot of great great scenes in this movie and it flows so perfectly together that at points it was hard to pick like when a scene begins and when a scene ends you know like they're ob- they're yeah. more obvious cuts but it kind of felt like it all just kind of flows together mm-hmm. in a way and my favorite scene of the movie comes from the bombing of rita and uh, bill smith's house um Oh, right after, uh, you know, that. they'd been gone all day and they get home and Leo's like, where have you been? You know, like, all right, don't do that anymore. Not with all this shit going on. Okay. And immediately I thought we were probably going to get something with Molly being a little bit more like, mm. what did you know about what was about to happen? You know, like, uh, where were you? We were at Rita's house. It was no big deal. He's like, no, you can't do that. Good. Get, get inside. Stay inside. Um, yeah. and then the like mm. them laying down and it just kind of fading into later in the night, you know, like, it's not like they cut to a late to like later yeah. in the night. They just been laying there mm-hmm. and boom. And the, the weight of that explosion, the, the windows brushing in Dude. the houses getting fucking pushed. Honestly, um, more of a
1: scary, ex- scarier explosion than Oppenheimer. I like not even lying that like i expected a bigger explosion in oppenheimer this one got me and i felt it more than the trinity test in oppenheimer like i, yeah. th- I literally like i jumped this i oh, mean i, I was knew. like oh fuck i was like yeah like i it got it got me and i knew it was um, coming yeah.
0: I-, I knew that that's what happened to the wow. smith house you know <clears throat> like i was like i was sitting there i was like all right so they're talking about rita and bill smith how they need to get it gone. So I'm assuming tonight yeah, we're about to get the boom. We're about to get the big boom, and uh, lo and behold, there it goes. But goddamn, I didn't think it'd be like that. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a there's a gravity to that that you just like you don't get in a lot of uh, a lot of scenes, and mm. when it happens there, you know uh, they run down the stairs. Molly goes to look for the kids. Is this They're... a runner? dude?
1: Th- this shot seemed to go
0: on for so long. Like it, it might have been. It might I have mean, been there's um, no
1: like there's it seems like there would have to be so many sets and like stuff to go through for this one to be a wonder, but like if it is, like, oh my god. This like uh That's why I wanna I feel like there were there were a lot of really long, uncut
0: yeah, cuz I'm pretty the sure they get out of bed, they run down the stairs, and he walks out the front door, and I think it cuts then uh once he like gets to the wreckage of the house and everybody is is standing there, and I think it cuts there. But uh mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting little little tidbits, you know, the way that they'd gone to the movie theater earlier in the in the movie and they watched a movie on the Tulsa uh race massacre. Mm-hmm. Um they they'd watched they'd watched a movie on that and so when that happens, whoever's living in the house with Molly and Ernest, I'm not sure who's yelling it, but they're like, it's just like Tulsa, it's just like Tulsa yeah. like this is a thing that they are worried about happening to them because Tulsa was the wealthiest African American community in the world. So or, uh, the 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 wealthiest black population in the United mm-hmm. States. So if that can happen to them, Osage, the Osage Nation is particularly worried about that with all the work with all the bombings going on
1: or not bombings, Mm -hmm. but the the murders going on. They literally put up lights in their
0: neighborhood. Yeah, they're
1: scared of shit. They're like when the bombs
0: go off and she's like, it's just like Tulsa. It's just like Tulsa. And then he runs outside. And, you know, I mean, the gruesome fucking horrific shit during that, you know, Bill Smith going, kill me, shoot me. Somebody fucking shoot me. You know, and uh, then lifting up Rita, the top of her body perfectly persevered and then uh, preserved. And then when they lift her up, her, like, head falls open. And you're like, oh, my fucking God. And that was something that was described in the book that I'd forgotten about was that, like, the explosion came from under them. So it, like, destroyed the back half of her. But her top half was, like, perfectly fine.
1: Um, Yeah, that that looks really cool. Like, whenever it, like, revealed... Like the floor around her was all good, gorgeous you know, shot he was just gorgeous shot, there. yeah, like that was pretty cool um
0: it's Rita, like the the sheer uh, horror that they guy. portray yeah. this everything that happens in this movie with to the like whenever they're like it's Rita, I found her, she's over here, you know, uh, horrific, but then it's really when she wa- when he walks back inside, and you don't know what you're looking at for a second, you know because. It walks into the house. You see the kitchen. You see him look into one room. You see him look into another. And then he finally gets to the basement. And he looks down the stairs. And you watch them all look up. And you realize they're looking at Ernest. And it cuts to him. And he just shakes his head. And this is the moment that like Lily Gladstone got that performance nod out of me. She was already probably going to get it. But the fucking guttural, horrific scream she lets out. When she learns that Rita has uh Rita's died. Um Mm-mm. I immediately started crying and I got chills just talking about it now. Like I was I'll hear that until I'll hear that in my sleep at night, you know? I'm hearing right now. I thought again, I thought Oppenheimer had the scream of the year. You know? Mm. I thought I thought that whenever he's having that fucking
2: you know he's standing
0: there. He's like, uh, I don't know what happened exactly, but I know they're not gonna, they're not gonna fight back. You know, and uh, everyone's going crazy. And then it goes silent. Whenever you hear that sh- that piercing scream, I thought like, oh well, that's the scream of the year, and there's no contest. And that, I mean, again,
1: this is this is an award we need. You know, this this is an important scream of the year. And, oh yeah, uh, this needs to be debated on. But no, this. This one had a little more, I don't know, a little more emotion behind it. Um, and, I don't know, felt it was just a gut punch immediately. Dude. Was, yeah, uh, the situation was already bad. You know, it was all, you're like, you're already like, oh, man. like, And, and the fact, you know, Ernest is the one walking over there and and the whole time, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, this is this is a shitty situation. He's he's and looking at it, you know, he's he's shocked. But like at the same time, he was the one who told whoever to go tell AC to do the hit, you know, or whatever. Um So like what what was that one dude's name that had the oh it's my neck for this, the the uh black yeah. no, it's not Blackie. That was a Blackie was, was
0: a, another guy, but Dude, the the, other, yeah, the, that guy, I know who you're talking about, let me find it real quick.
1: Oh my god.
0: um, He was portrayed was, by Ty Mitchell, John Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, he goes up to him and he's like, uh, I need you to go tell AC that, he's like, I will, but not right now. Yeah, and he's like, like no, right now.
1: This job. I'm gonna go talk to King. I'm trying to be nice here. Yeah, you, like he's just not good at that either, you know. No. He's not very good um at giving directions and and also the failed, you know. That failed supposed to be a suicide, you know, make it look like a suicide and it's like I told him the yeah, I I, I hated myself for like laughing at this No, but, but, it, but there's
0: like, a lot of black comedy in this fucking yeah, movie like, I that's told just told him the dark. front of the
1: head. How hard is that? Like a, you know, with the front of the head, the, like you know that they, they're whenever, I told him I did. I told him, I told him. Hold him. I'm like, I felt I felt really bad for laughing, but man, it was, I don't know. Well,
0: it's the, it's the same thing as that moment with Louie canceled me at the beginning of the, or not the beginning, that you were talking about at the beginning, whenever he's like, uh, so if I were to adopt the kids and they were to die, would I get their inheritances? Uh, he's like, it sounds to me like you're planning to adopt and murder these children. He's like, well, I won't, if legally I won't get their inheritance, but, you know, like, uh, eesh. There's part of you that thinks it's a little fuck. Like you, it, another big thing about this movie is that people are saying like, you know, it's not funny and it's it shouldn't be funny. But there are moments that have comedy, but they don't make you laugh at. They don't make you laugh out loud because you you are stifled. It, it's caught in your throat. You know, you're like, you know, like uh, these people handle all this so casually. That they they can be funny in these moments where nobody else can, you know?
1: Yeah, that's just their life to them. Yeah, you know, it's like
0: like that moment. I told him it had to look like a suicide. What the fuck was that? You know, he's like, I don't know how hard is it to hit him in the fucking the front of the head. You it's know, because they
1: actually got cool with each other. You know, uh, whoever killed him, like they were literally yeah. just like drinking. They they became like drinking buddies you know, going out to that Henry Roan,
0: man, that was a, that was one of the, there were a few characters who I was really interested to see just based off of uh, the book. And Anna Brown was one and Henry Roan was the other um, who was killed there by Ty Mitchell's uh, John Mm -hmm. Ramsey. That performance by a William Bellow was again, amazing and fucking heartbreaking, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole, like he has depression. He's tried to commit suicide a couple of times. And you know, uh, he's, he's taken out a $25,000 life insurance policy on him and he just needs him to stay alive for another year or, or till the end of the year. And then he can kill himself or he can die or whatever. But, um, wow. Yeah, that was
1: like, that was a,
0: when he pulls up to the butcher shop and, uh, yeah, you know, and you, there's a shot of him like looking through the window where all the like pigs' feet and stuff are hanging, and he goes in there and beats the dude with a fucking club. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a beautifully heartrending performance by him there. Just and
1: he, he was the first husband of yeah. uh, Molly, right? Molly. And then yeah, and whenever they were, he was over at the house for some reason. Um, I think like and they they announced that Molly was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to have a kid, and, you know, everyone's saying congratulations. And then, you know, Hale, King and and Ernest are back in, like, the kitchen or, I don't know, in the dining room still. And they look at Henry and, like, first husband, do you think that means he has any claim on the land, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, like, immediately it was like, you know, well, I think we know what we got to do now. Yeah, and there's no word spoken, Uh, but Hale looks at him and goes,
0: you know, he nah, just kind of looks see. at him and then he walks into that room yeah. to talk to, to talk to him. And, you know, like that, that whole thing fucking just, I need to see this movie again and I need to see it as soon as possible because. Yeah. Fucking ridiculously well done, dude.
1: It's crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to sign up for this three and a half hour movie again. So quick. Mm. like, I'm like, I don't care how long it is. I'm uh, I just I, I want it, um I I do, I do, I do
0: need it again.
1: Yeah, I was, was trying. The only thing I don't have down is my favorite
0: scene. Um, ooh, there's a lot of goodies, man. A, I mean, I'm a
1: sucker. I hate going for like the ends or like something near the end, so I feel like it's a cop out. Um, but man, I like. Whenever Ernest finally breaks, and he's, like, you know, he tells King in the cell, he's, like, can't do it anymore, King, you know, can't, can't do, you know, from, from, like, that moment of him being, like, no, like, I'm, I'm finally, I'm, I'm testifying, whatever, and then his actual, like, when he's testifying, um, Mm -hmm. and saying everything, and he's, like, slowly breaking, you know, his lip twitching a little bit, you know, at, at some things, he has to get out. And, and then like, um, did you, did you marry Molly? Uh, was this all part of the plan? And then like, he looks right at her and he's like, no, you know, like that, like the only like shred of anything that you can pull out of Ernest's character is like that the relationship might've been, you know, started out real.
0: No. um, Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's, what's interesting is that. They do a complicated thing with with Ernest's character where they do portray him as having loved Mm -hmm. Molly. And I think they do enough in this movie to justify his betrayal of her, not on a moral ground, but on a on a ground where you can understand how he found himself in that situation. You know, I, you know, I wouldn't have done what he did. I wouldn't have done. I don't condone what he did. Mm but. You know, they say, did, did hell take advantage of your disposition? They're basically like, you're a fucking idiot. Did, yeah? did hell do this to you against your will? You know, or like, did he take advantage of you? And he's like, yeah, I mean, of course he did. You know, like that's uh,
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I really thought, I didn't know how like strong that poison was at all. Like the vial of it. So, I thought that that night where, um, he, like, kind of dumped half of it in his glass and half of it into the shot, I was, I didn't know if that was, like, that was it for both of them. I I thought, I thought both of them were going to go right then and there. Um, and for a moment, I was thinking that, like, um, Molly actually died there. Um, and then what we are seeing from now on is, like, um, Ernest dealing with the guilt of what he has done and everything um but uh was soon out of that camp um i don't know how how long but um i don't know there were many times in the movie where where i was i actually kind of thought it was it was going to go a different direction necessarily um but i mean it's it's pretty cut and dry i guess until until the very end um and even at the very end I still think it's 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 not like it it changes the whole movie you know completely. no no
0: it doesn't recontextualize anything it just adds to it um there's and that would probably be my favorite scene besides um besides the one I picked is the the radio program thing they do at the end. That was um, so
1: cool, dude. And that's, like,
0: uh, that's, this is where if you have not seen the movie, you know, this is the only part that I'd feel weird spoiling for you. So you might mm-hmm. want to go ahead and get the fuck out of here. Um, because it is just like, it's something you just got to see for yourself. I think that's just really, really cool. So if you don't, if you don't want to, you don't want to hear it, maybe fast forward a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, That'll be that for you, but uh, yeah, man, that radio show at the end, whenever they're, you know, it's 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 already a lot more dynamic and a lot more interesting than just cutting to black and throwing words up on the screen and being like, "And mm-hmm. William K. Hale uh, got out on, got out for good behavior, duh, 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 and uh, mm-hmm. so so on, so forth." But uh, the Scorsese appearing in the movie himself to tell to say the obituary of molly was fuck it fucked me up like uh that was specifically like i got chills when he showed up but whenever he says uh there was no mention of the murders and i just i just started crying dude it it fucked me it fucked me up and uh Mm. there's a lot going on there you know there's the obvious uh he wanted to tell the story that the obituary failed to do you know he wanted to do Molly justice and he wanted to uh he wanted to explain the best he could in a movie what happened to her and ha- explore that that woman for everything she was but there's also this uh this part of him that recognizes he can never do her justice you know this is just a small mm-hmm thing he can try to do to teach people about what came before you know and even so it goes back to what they were saying at the beginning you know our our children will be taught by the white man and they will they will forget our ways and they will we're literally learning about this from martin scorsese and scorsese's talking at the end there and like uh
2: Mm -hmm.
0: it's 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 loaded, and more than anything, you know there's something kind of disturbing about the radio program and the way they handle it, you because know? it's like it feels very exploitive of it to like do all these like funny sound effects and to everything make a show,
1: yeah, to um, make it, like a show out of it
0: kind yeah, of. yeah, but that's what Scorsese's doing, and Scorsese knows that's what he's doing, he's making a movie mm. out of this real life tragedy, so he's he's incriminating himself by taking Mm -hmm. ownership over this thing he's done at the end, but realizing the story must be told. And like, it's just, it's a loaded, loaded thing there. And it, it getting all that at the end of this movie Mm -hmm. was fucking wonderful, dude. Like it was one of the most ballsy things he's ever done. Very, very Spike Lee, very, uh, Wes and Wes takes a lot of inspiration from Spike Lee. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of, uh, the connection there. But, uh,
1: yeah, that was my immediate thought whenever I saw the play, like the play, starting starting to like take action. I'm like, is 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 Martin going full? Is he going full Wes mode right now? Mm. Like, what what what's about to what's about to happen here? And then he steps out himself, steps and I'm like, mic. yeah, yo, I was like, what's going on here? Yeah,
0: that was, that was another cool little audible reaction from our theater. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. Yeah. And again, just one of those things that real makes you realize how much power he sort of has and maybe kind of helps key you into why he has the little thing play before the movie. Mm. Like, not only is it like, a, I Direct, want you to know yeah. how much this story means to me and I've been wanting to tell you, tell it for a very long time, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's all very important to say. But there is something about that moment that is enhanced by knowing he's the director of the film Mm. and to get meta in that way while telling the story is incredibly ballsy and something he's never really done. You know, like it's for this man to be nearly 60 years deep in his career. For my three favorite movies from his filmography, to be the ones that have released from when he was 70 years old and on? Do you Like, do you know how absurdly fucking great at what you do? Like, how good you have to be for that to be the case? And for it to not particularly be a hot take. You know, like, nobody's gonna, like, I know a lot of people be like, good Goodfellas, you know, Casino... Da, da, da. But if I told somebody that my three favorite Scorsese films are Irishman killers of the flower moon and Wolf of Wall Street, nobody's going to be like, oh, that's a, that's a hot take, you know, like, wow, you're really coming out of left field there. No, mm-hmm. the dude's just that good. And he's been that good for 50 fucking years.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think you, you were definitely onto something with him popping up at the beginning. Because I and so the
0: people in the audience know what he looks yeah. like.
1: Because I I got home, and whenever I was telling my parents, I'm like, "Yeah, the new um, De Niro and Leonardo movie." And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I remember seeing the trailer for it. Or whatever." Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I asked my mom, I'm like, "You know, do you know who Martin Scorsese is?" And she was like, "Yeah, I th- is is he the one with the thick eyebrows?" um and i was like yeah yeah that's that's him um but i think i don't think she would have recognized him. i don't know maybe it would have clicked for her at the end but like that that thing at the beginning definitely definitely makes it you saw it right before
0: the movie starts so well and it's also not like this is going to uh, that can only enhance that moment if you know that it's scorsese It's not like it's like, well, it's completely useless without knowing it's Martin Scorsese. Yeah. No, like what he's saying is important enough. You know, like uh the story the you know, the they mentioned that she is she is left behind uh multiple children and her husband, um, she died in nineteen thirty seven, but the obituary made no mention of the murders. That's enough to make you go, ah, oh, you know like God. You know, uh that's sad, but the, the full, full weight of it can really wallop you if you know it's Scorsese stepping up to them. Like, Cause I remember hearing like from down our row, mm-hmm. like that's, that's Scorsese, you know, like people whispering like that's Martin Scorsese, you know, like, uh, like people are excited about that and the power that man has to have for that to be the reaction in the movie theater. Do you know mm-hmm. how few directors could pop up on screen and everybody be like, Oh, that's him. You know, like uh, yeah, no, that's
1: not, it's not very, that's not common at all.
0: No, yeah, and like we've we've talked recently about how you know, especially after the West Spotlight, about how Wes probably probably a favorite director, and like I'd say on the whole, there's something about Wes's movies that appeal to me more from a aesthetic standpoint and just an enjoyability and a casual viewing ability for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm i hard-pressed to tell you that Scorsese's not my favorite director of all time after this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this man's... His
1: movies have a different kind of impact um, than Wes' movies do. Wes is, is more, like, generic storytelling while Scorsese is very... Specific, this point in history, I'm going to give you the time. I'm going to give you this exact, you know, these these real events that happened. While Wes is more in in uh telling real stories through fantastic situations. Mm. Um, but
0: no, yeah, and like it, they're completely uh, different. They're completely different filmmakers. So it's like I don't mean to compare and contrast by any means. I think that they're both incredible. Obviously, they're, they are undoubtedly my two favorites. And they were after my, after the Wes spotlight. Um, even before we started the Scorsese spotlight, he was still my top two with Wes. Um, but Mm -hmm. now I'm, I'm pretty confident that Scorsese's probably my favorite director that has ever lived. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, we've, I just kind of, I, I think I have three different modes, um, and it's not really that I can. I don't know if I could put one above the other. It's just kind of Wes Nolan or Scorsese, and it's like, am I in a mode to to either just watch some some crazy story, you know, time manipulating, or just some good Batman, you know, Nolan shit? Uh, do I do I want to watch? Scorsese, you know, do I want to get educated, basically? You know, I, I every mm. time I watch a Scorsese movie, I almost feel like I'm getting educated, um, which I really like in a movie, and then I'm also getting the movie experience around it. Um, but yeah, I think through through this, I don't know. It's hard to rank them. It is, it is really hard. But I'd say Scorsese probably has... Ooh, who has a more consistent appearance in your top 100? Scorsese or Wes Anderson? I guess Wes had every single one of
0: Wes. Wes is 11 for 11, and when you have 25 movies, that's hard to do. That's true. Um, That does change. However, after this... I think Scorsese would also have eleven and barring rewatches maybe more. You know? Because uh, 'cause I've also rewatched Raging Bull and I've rewatched Taxi Driver and I've gotten a few I've gotten a few rewatches in there. So I'm pretty mm. confident that he would also have eleven of my top one hundred and they would take up twenty two spots, just the two of them. Uh
1: yeah. yeah. I mean he's he's a king in the game. You know he's
2: mm.
1: he will go down as as a goat, and it's it's crazy that we're living living through uh, this this era right now. Uh, and I don't know. I just I hope he pumps out as many as he can. Um, I do too. I, yeah, I do. I hope too. Just someone, someone, just give him a blank check. You know, like some billionaire. What the fuck are you doing? You know you're not going to use that money ever.
0: Oh, and that's what I'm like. Here's my thing: is that I love the way that people have been talking about the box office performance of it, and it's it's opened incredibly well. It's his second largest opening ever as a director um, at 44 million opening weekend for a three and a half hour historical drama epic. Um, so it it did very very well at the box office, but. Regardless, regardless of if this did well at the box office. Scorsese is going to make the next one. You do not need to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's when it comes to the box office numbers and how shit does and how it'll contribute it's it, that's Marvel shit. That's that's the stuff that's like mm-hmm. the stuff that's ran like a business. Not like it's art. You know, not not like yeah. it's not like it doesn't
1: have to be the purpose isn't for money you know
0: scorsese will always make the next movie as long as he can
1: Mm.
0: now a marvel movie flopping means they might not make this type of marvel movie anymore because they're worried about making a billion dollars that's what they want to do with every single fucking (laughs) movie
1: you know like uh yeah just because it's possible they think they can do it every time um but this is so so that's the thing is that like form yeah, this it is, it is more of the... the and it's
0: because thing. of the MCU that's become such a massive point of discussion, box office performance. Mm. And it just doesn't fucking matter to me, dude. I do not give a shit. I don't. Because here's the thing. Someone brought up a really good point that is devastating. Absolutely fucking devastating. And I pray they're wrong, but I don't feel like they are. Um, which is that, you know, going to see killers of the flower moon, going to see Napoleon, going to see, uh, Oppenheimer and stuff. No matter how well those do at the box office, it does not matter. Once they're gone, studios will stop giving people money to do things like that. Hmm. Once Scorsese has gone, once Ridley Scott's gone, once these guys are gone there are not directors with enough notoriety besides Christopher Nolan that will get money like that for projects that big.
2: Oh. Oh.
1: Yeah. Okay. I didn't think, yeah. Like, you gotta... The money's gotta come from somewhere. Yeah, isn't that... There's not... There's not that many big names
0: and therein it doesn't matter how well any of this does at the box office because once they're gone once once Coppolo, once Scorsese, once Scott are gone we don't get anything like this anymore anyway
2: Uh there will
0: be people who want to tell those stories but they will not have the means to tell those stories and maybe one day again they will. I I pray I pray that person is wrong, you know. But mm-hmm.
1: it,
0: it sounds very likely, though. It sounds extremely possible, and that's sad. But here's the thing: it, who knows who emerges in the next 15 years as the as the biggest filmmakers in the industry and mm. the next generation and stuff? Because you know, Nolan and Wes Anderson are not not old people. Mm-mm. You know, they're not not in the slightest. They're 50, so. Hopefully, they've got very long, long lives ahead of them. A lot more time to create. And Nolan is the one there that's like, well, then that's not entirely true, you know? Because if Nolan's still creating, we still have opportunities for movies like this. And we still, you know, there's a chance that there will be more filmmakers who take after him thereafter and they start pumping stuff Mm -hmm. out that's like that. And, you know, hopefully the cycle perpetuates and we just, uh, we keep getting these legendary filmmakers who can create on a scale that you know studios want to create on because they want to make a lot of money and it feels like the business side of it's to the point where they feel like they have to put out something fucking huge to make money you know
1: yeah dial of destiny
0: cost like 300 million fucking dollars damn that's that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Investment. Like,
1: yeah, that's a it's a whole lot of money. Um,
0: sorry just, to get off on that tangent there, and, but you know, this cost two hundred million. This was a this was wow. a mega mega budgeted film. Like, uh, yeah, I guess, all the, that is entirely the on the back of it being like, you're Martin Scorsese. You know, you want to make a movie? This is how much it'll cost. There you go. You know what I'm saying, like uh, wonder
1: how much like De Niro and Leo get paid for a role like this like how much Probably how is that built well. is that factored into the budget always the, sure. the, yeah. the actors hmm, man, yeah, that's two hundred million, I guess I mean, the sets were pretty impressive, like it looked like they built kind of like a little mini town, um oh yeah with all those lights like strung up and stuff like that i think mm-hmm. i think they really kind of built like a little mini town
0: i mean um, you take this for granted and stuff but like the train car that arrives at the beginning it's an old timey train car that is not running anymore you know like they're not that's not a yeah. passenger liner reminded me of a uh,
1: west uh west world intro a uh, good old yeah, teddy yeah. arriving on a train in a you know, old timey place yeah, like, made uh, from black
0: and white uh, into color as it pans mm-hmm. up to him and stuff like that was yeah. really cool. Yeah. But let's, let's talk about some of the visuals, you know, like uh shot wise. There are some, there's some gorgeous imagery in this Rodrigo Prieto. He's uh you know, it's, it's a shame. Mm-hmm. He's got two of the best looking movies this year in Barbie and this being a cinemat- cinematographer for both. And it's still probably going to be Hoyt van Hoytema for Oppenheimer who wins. Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah
0: wins the oscar but regardless um a fucking Mm. gorgeous film dude i mean beautiful to look at and i had a very early candidate a couple early candidates within the first like 10 minutes of the movie um whenever they're doing the uh pipe person ceremony at the beginning and you know he's like uh, the children they look through they look through and they 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 kept they're kept on the outside and stuff and mm-hmm. we see them look we see children looking through the the reeds that the the hut is made out of and you mm-hmm. see their eyes like gleaming through and i thought that was fucking gorgeous it was just immediately it, it's funny. We've been doing the Scorsese project and I've been like, Oh, well this is now my favorite looking Scorsese. This is now my favorite looking Scorsese. I think this man at 80 years old put out his best looking movie ever.
1: I think uh, you're right. Yeah. Looking back. No, this one was beautiful. Yeah. No, this
0: it's yeah, typically, this he's a gentleman and he, he goes, he, he gets a lot of big scenery. He chews up a lot of, you know, the last temptation of Christ, uh, some parts of Casino, mm you know you're outside you've got these big but he is a filmmaker of hallways and small rooms and, and 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 houses you know like and you get a lot of that here as well like that room you were speaking to earlier and uh you know mm. their bedroom and uh the room in Hale's house when the fires raging outside and it's like that's that's where he thrives as a filmmaker but to get this grandiose outdoors movie for a lot of it. Like they yeah. spend a lot of time outside, They're... which is not something you get from Scorsese a lot.
1: There's a very simple shot that almost uh was my selection, but it was it was just I'm pretty sure De Niro is in the passenger seat but in the front of a car. It's like a, it's kind of like a convertible, but the the roof still it's like a long ass Car, like I mean, I remember it just being long, and the top just like was was long. De Niro's sitting there, I think he has his goggles on. Of course, um, Ernest is pulling up in like this cowboy ass jacket, you know, kind of oh, like Jose blanket, but jacket yeah. form.
0: I want um, that jacket so yeah. fucking bad.
1: Yeah, it, it. So it was it was Hale in the car with his goggles, Ernest leaning up against the car with that jacket. And then I think, uh, who else was there? I think there was one other. Uh, maybe, uh... Probably
0: their brother, Byron.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think think he was just standing there. But and then, like, in the background, you kind of see just, like, the set. Like, the, yeah. the town in the background. And I was just like, oh, It's very
0: That's the simple. That's part where you see Tom White looking through the reflection and seeing him. Yes, uh, yes, 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 yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that is right. Um, but I, 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 whole I other was... Po-
0: like, That's a whole other part of the movie we haven't really discussed, which is just the last hour. Mm. We've discussed parts of it, but I mean, there is a, like, when the investigation is ramping up and it seems like they're kind of putting the pieces together as to what's Mm -hmm. happening. Dude, the last hour of this movie is fucking amazing. Like, it is so goddamn good. Um,
1: And the interrogations as well. Yes. Um, Like, when they're interrogating him, and like, hey, I think, you know, he's he's standing there. Like, that was weird. Like, there was a chair that he could have pulled over, and he's like, hey, can I sit? And he's like, Yeah, standing's good. And they're like, yeah, he's like, i really like to sit. And he's like, well, you're still standing. Like, could he have sat? I don't know. Like, I feel like he just, he just kind of, he is just kind of a pathetic man. I think he just kind of does whatever. But, man, no, those those interrogation scenes were, were really good. And then, like, them... Slowly bringing in witness to witness, being like, "Hey, well, this guy said otherwise." Bringing in um, mm-hmm. Blackie, and
0: then, yeah, like, and then, call um, him in. You know, bring, and then man, whenever I, uh, I, is I it Blackie that's sitting there, or is it? Uh, I can't remember who's sitting there, but they bring in uh, Leo, and he goes, mm. "All right, grab your pa- grab your pencils." You yeah, know, he's pencils. like, "I'm gonna that was, fucking talk."
1: That might have been the the biggest laugh I gave the whole movie. Actually, yeah, I thought Mitchell? that was. I think that it was, was Mitchell like, with the big yeah, ass like, oh, mustache, this is, and, this is my neck. He, and he was like, "Grab your pencils." He was like, "I'm ready." He's like, "I'm ready to spill."
0: He's yeah, like, he's like "Let's fucking do let's this. Let's go." Thing, yeah, if he's, like, he's talking, I'm yeah. sure his shit talking. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I love that. No, but um,
1: grab your. Yeah, remind me of the uh, Ghost Rider. Um, what's
0: his name? Uh, Sam Elliott.
1: Yeah, good old kind of Sam Elliot. Yeah, maybe like a a brother of Sam Elliott here. Oh,
0: that, very, very much um, so. The modern cowboy vibe, to be sure. Yeah. But uh, there was a <laughs> oh. there was a moment during those interrogations where Jesse Plemons, and by the way, the supporting uh, we talked about Cara Jade Myers and uh, William Bellow for uh, Anna Brown and uh, Henry Rohn, but Jesse Plemons as Tom White is fucking stellar. Also. You know him showing up and knocking on the door and being like uh here to investigate these murders so what what about him? see see who's doing it uh you know like that that whole thing that was another trailer moment but uh Mm. that the the extended version of that scene where leo is like ah she's sick right now you know Mm -hmm. uh she's sick and she can't he's like well when should i come back and Mm. you know friday friday would be good you know she tomorrow's too soon she'll be sick still uh you know, all, the, but just everything that happens in that last hour from her getting the care she actually needs. Dude. Uh Realizing yeah. that stuff I mean, isn't what you're it seems. Yeah. Getting the actual, just insulin and not the poison and very quickly becoming healthy again. Yeah. Um, Ooh. But no. uh, there's a moment in the interrogation between Jesse Plemons and Leonardo DiCaprio. Scorsese, uh, he's notoriously always moving the camera is always doing something it's never still and when it is still utilizes that for that gut punch Mm. of a of a moment you know like often whenever a murder happens the camera sitting perfectly still once the body drops you know like it'll it'll follow them all the way to the point when the body gets the body gets killed and then it just sits there right so there's a moment during that interrogation where you start on Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, the right side of his face um, and Jesse Plemons is walking behind him and you follow Jesse Plemons the entire time until he is on the other side of Leo and now you're looking at the left side of his face and looking up at him and you got and just the way that. It's so simple, but like that sort of thing to make like the lighting and the dramatic effect that that has Mm -hmm. to let you know that he's being closed in on like there's not much more he can do. You know, he feels like it's about time that this shit just came to light, you know, and to circle him like that. Let make it feel like he's trapped. Fucking brilliant. I absolutely Mm -hmm. loved that. Um
1: Yeah.
0: No, so there's I, I, a lot of really, really strong contenders for shot, man,
1: yeah, really I don't know one that I just remembered was um after the little f b i meeting, i guess outside of Hale's house, or they could see it in close proximity they they see it light on fire um and then and then you see well, is it Hale's house?
0: It is Hale's house. It's on Henry Roan's land though. That's something that's pointed out at the beginning of the movie, I'm pretty sure. Where he's like, Whose land is all this? And he's like, It's my, my land. land. You know, uh yeah. Yeah. Um
1: but then the um just the the all the flames and then you have the workers kinda of, you know digging the God trench damn. or whatever and just like the slow motion of it and how it slowly gets like more and more distorted as well. Um, I thought was, was kind of cool. Um, and, you know, i I've sold seen sold him
0: a $30,000 $30, fire insurance policy <laughs> yesterday. Oof. Yeah, that's, uh... Not very subtle, either, Mr. Hale. Um. No, he's not. No, just he's... bought a fire insurance policy, and is like, you know what, I'll just burn my shit to the ground. Oops. Um... um... Yeah, yeah, that was
1: was awesome. And then the, uh, like, how it's surrounding the house, and then you have Ernest and Molly that are there, Um, I think. think Yeah, they're upstairs. Yeah, they're there, and seeing it out the window, um, just kind of, I don't know. Like, there's a, the whole time, like, I'm watching the movie, I'm just like, man, what these people's lives would be if, like, just... You know, Ernest and Hayo like if they just weren't there, you know, like if it was how how much better their lives would be. And like just seeing the hell they're like bringing them through uh, just because they they got some some oil on their land uh, just for for some money. Um, It's crazy, crazy what people will do for money, dude, oil. yeah, a made up, a completely made up thing that isn't even real anymore it's not even based on anything it used to be based off gold now it's just fuck it it is because we say it is that's crazy that people like it it the it's it's a an interesting concept to wrap your head around but yeah i mean we're when you look when you look back at at uh the foundations or the the structure of of modern day america it's uh Usually, not good. No. And yeah, this this is definitely a a show, a very showing example of that.
0: Um, yeah, man. There's a there's a beautiful moment with Molly, like because one thing that you get afforded the opportunity to do with Ernest being the central figure of the story and kind of observing Molly almost is that she doesn't need to know everything but she can be extremely distrusting and suspicious of everything mm-hmm. you know and there's that moment whenever the doctors arrive at her house to administer the shot and she's like I will not take the shot from them y- either you do it or I don't get the shot you know mm-hmm. like that's that's what's going to but they're speaking in in their uh the native tongue -hmm. And yeah, Leo is sitting by the bed looking at her, and you almost see like a perfect profile silhouette of her. It it just completely blacked out, like whispering to Leo what she does not like, how she's not going to do this. And he's like, But you got to do it, baby. Like, Mm -hmm. you'll die if you don't do it. And she's like, I'm going to die if they do it anyway. Like, you know, like, uh, and it was just a gorgeous little piece of storytelling that reminded me a lot of uh, uh again spike lee and uh there was also a little bit of like a spielberg thing going on there because he loves his shadows and loves his silhouettes and stuff but uh, it was i i loved that shot man there's just uh there there was a lot shot wise that stuck out to me where i was like i'll remember that and that doesn't happen a lot you know
2: yeah usually yeah, it's like
0: was... oh there was one or two but there was like a lot of stuff in this movie that i was like visually, that is imprinted on my brain now. That is fucking gorgeous.
1: Yeah, the, um, the final shot as well. It was was beautiful. You know, the, the slow just rise up. Um, you know, people dancing in the shape of a flower. That was very nice. Um, nice to see. I also just liked uh, whenever they explained what the flower moon was, and you saw that beautiful field oh, gorgeous! Of just field. endless flowers. I, I'd understand why you'd celebrate something like that. Um, cause man, that, that does look awesome. Um, and the, the oil, oil dance, that was pretty cool.
0: That pretty cool might be there. what I end up having to go with just because I mean, dude,
1: how'd they do what that? Else? What did, did they just put like a hose in the ground, like a pump and then just probably I think they actually used real oil.
0: Probably not. That would be... That would probably be wasteful. Kind maybe a, that's... That, maybe that's contributed towards the $200 million budget, though. You know? They were like...
1: Fuck this oil. We're gonna waste it for a movie. How, how do you like it?
0: How I do you know. like... How you like me now? Yeah, no, nah, man. I, I, I might have to go with that. Just because it was like mm-hmm. the slow motion of it. The the oil flying through the air and again, it's something that Rodrigo Prieto and Scorsese have always been so fucking good at doing. There are so many just mundane shots of people looking at the camera
2: mm-hmm.
0: that are fucking mm-hmm. brilliant. Because there are so much like Lizzie Q, whenever whenever uh Ernest walks into the house and turns the corner and she's just staring She's just, she almost looks like the Mona Lisa, you know, she's just sitting there looking up. She's real regal and she's got her posture real perfect and stuff. She's just staring at the camera. Just something about the faces in this movie are like, it's just so perfectly captured. And it's something that he, he's always had an act for, but specifically him teaming up with Rodrigo Prieto. Like mm. I sent you that shot from Wolf of wall street, that opening shot I was talking about mm-hmm. for the Irishman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of those moments in this movie uh when they're in the they're in the hut discussing uh how they're going to put a a bounty basically on the head of the person who's doing the crimes like there's a reward for anyone who can find him not necessarily a mm-hmm. bounty but you know you know th- they've generously they're going to do a $3,000 reward. And he's like, I'll add to, but the gentleman who's talking at the front, there's two people sitting to his left. There's one person sitting to his right. And there's like three people behind them. And you see every single one of their faces. And it's Mm. just like the staging and blocking of that. It's fucking gorgeous. Once you start to really pay attention to that sort of thing. And it's something that these two just have a fucking knack for. So in a in a movie chock full of beautiful imagery, I have a real real tough time picking a favorite shot. But uh, hmm. I think I might go with the first one that that hit me, and I think I might go with the children looking through the reeds oh, in the well, hut, good. trying to see inside yeah. of it and see what's going on. And
1: oh yeah, seeing it in IMAX too definitely helped. That
0: was, oh it does. Yeah. I that mean, especially there's there's something about this movie that I mean, an IMAX mo- IMAX viewing is warranted simply because i mean the visuals they deserve to be as big as you can possibly see them it's a quiet fucking movie and if you saw this in digital it might it might be hard to hear um mm. that's cuz there true. were points during imax where i was kind of like like i had to listen to hear what was being said at multiple mm. points but uh
1: hmm. it did get quite loud as well there were yeah there uh, there, there are points where it's loud as fuck like, very overstim, like, and that Molly's, like, I feel like she's literally just being overstim. like, I'm in the back of the car, like, the race is going on, there's,
0: oh, you know, dude, she, like, covers your ears. ears, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, there's, like, a couple moments like that where it just goes crazy for a minute, oh, yeah, like, and
0: again, there's, um, the, there you go with another example of just the the crowded setting whenever Ernest is, like, like he's, like, watching the race, and he's, like, woo, and you see all the people yeah. running by, and, you know, uh-huh. he he sees Louis cancel me for the first time and they hug and embrace and he's like, oh, man, it's been a long time. How you doing, man? You know, just every the, the courtroom scenes, all the faces in that, like the it just like steadily goes backwards in a straight line because of the, like, I just. Yeah, man, it's a beautiful looking movie and I can't I can't get enough mm-hmm. of it. And I, somehow. Nearly sixty years into his career, he's still he's still making the best movies he's, he's ever made. You know, like uh,
1: dude's just brilliant at what he does. He's uh,
0: a once in a generation filmmaker, dude.
1: And we know his next one, and it's with Leo, and it's or no, this is is it Scorsese or is the am I mixing this up? Um, the boat on the boat with yeah, the, the wager that's that's Scorsese and Leo, yeah that's That sounds pretty cool, um well, I mean, I was seated no matter what uh for whatever he was coming with next
0: um I but, began reading that book as well, and it's uh, uh it'll be an interesting story uh to say the least. Yeah. I'm already like assigning my cast of characters in my head based off of mm-hmm. his regulars. You know, like the people who appear in Scorsese movies, I'm like, oh, I want this guy to be played by this I guy see. and this guy to be played by this guy and yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So, mm.
1: Yeah, I think my my reading schedule has been blocked out for quite a while. I did the the thought experiment that we we did whenever we started Thrones, uh, the coverage, and being like, how long will this actually take? Uh, because I, I started reading the first couple chapters of Game of Thrones, and I'm like, wait a minute, how long is this actually going to take me? Because I know I'm going to want to read every single book. You know, um, it took you a, while. So a few a months while, at least. But uh, that's okay. That that's all right. I'm. I'll get back into it. It'll make me a better reader, and it'll probably make any other book very easy to read. So maybe I'll I'll be able to read the wager before it comes out. Probably, mm. um, I'd say. But yeah, no, that that's uh excited to to see whatever score. I mean, it's it's not even like you're worried if it's going to be a good movie or not. It's just it's like I don't know. I kind of. I wasn't worried with killers. I didn't go in with like over the top expectations, though, I guess.
0: Um, I but didn't I mean... think I'd get a top two Scorsese favorite. You know, I invited it, but I thought for sure this was landing five to 10. You know, I was like, just because again, I haven't placed what I've got right games. now on my Scorsese ranking at eight is mm-hmm. after hours. So it's like, wow. Yeah.
1: I think that's my like four, I think.
0: But regardless, it's like oh, that's one of the best movies I've ever Ooh. seen. Nine.
1: After Hours is four without Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. Um, so it's definitely going to be five. That's for sure. Uh, Killers for me, yeah. I mean, it's better than Gangs in New York. It's better than Wolf of Wall Street. It's better than The Irishman. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's 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 taken the throne. Um, for me. Um, for Scorsese, um, I think, I think I'll keep it there. I'll have to give the Irishman another rewatch to see if it can beat out. Yeah, I'm, I'm at a point
0: where right now it's two behind the Irishman. I, and I did not think this would happen. I think that if I see it again, it will, it will be my favorite Scorsese. I think so. Um, Mm.
1: I really, I really, really did enjoy this. Yeah, it's. It's crazy. Yeah, I have I have 11 uh, Scorsese movies under my belt now. Um and yeah, my 11 King of Comedy, 10 Taxi Driver. I don't I don't know if that's so crazy, but then my 9 is Goodfellas, which I feel like is kind of crazy to say, but right. it's like it's it's still a his list is just so stacked. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's he's got everything. Um yeah, this this one was was awesome. The theater experience also helps it a whole bunch. Um, and we did a whole particip, you know, anticipatory. I hate that word, um, right? But that word project done in honor of this movie. So, um, I was ready for it, and it, it fulfilled all the all the expectations I had. Um, and exceeded. Hey, let me oh. let
0: me hear your full Scorsese ranking as so, you have it.
1: All right, let's see. Well, Killers. Is gonna take the cake. It is one. Should I start at one?
0: Yeah, you let's go, go one. Let's go one to eleven for you. Okay.
1: Uh, so I, I got Killers at the top, Gangs of New York at two, Wolf of Wall Street at three, The Irishman at four, After Hours at five, Shutter Island at six, The Departed at seven, Casino at eight, Goodfellas at nine, Taxi Driver at ten, and King of Comedy at eleven.
0: All right. I've got 18 here. So Damn. we got a, a little bit a little bit of a uh, mm-hmm. discrepancy there, but only one of the 11 that you said falls out of my top 11 and one that you have not seen climbs into mine. So mm. uh at 1 I've still got the Irishman. 2 I've got Killers of the Flower Moon. 3 The Wolf of Wall Street. 4 Goodfellas. 5 Casino. 6 Taxi Driver seven Raging Bull, eight After Hours, nine Gangs of New York, 10 Shutter Island, 11 King of Comedy, 12 Mean Streets, 13 Bringing Out the Dead, 14 The Departed, 15 The Aviator, 16 The Color of Money, 17 Hugo, and 18 Boxcar Bertha. So... Big old filmography on the man, and I've still got seven to watch or whatever, so... um,
1: Yeah, I got it. I got some ways to go myself. I'm only at 11.
0: Still haven't seen Who's That Knocking at My Door, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, The Age of Innocence, Cape Fear, Silence... What was
1: the one that came in last on your list? New York,
0: New York. Boxcar Bertha. I've never
1: It was his second
0: feature it was his second feature film, and I gotta imagine that it'll probably be my twenty five out of twenty five whenever the time comes. Like it's a, Hmm. it's fine, but it's not it's not a Scorsese movie the way that you you think of Scorsese movies. It's very it was produced by Roger Corman, who is like known for his exploitation films, and that's kind of what it's Hmm. inspired by is the exploitation films of the seventies and stuff. So it's, uh, it's a little, it's a little different, but you know, the ending really, uh, it has a Scorsese flair to it that really, really, uh, gets the job done for me. But, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy the movie thoroughly. There's a, so I'm at a point where like, I'm, there's not a single one of these movies that I haven't enjoyed, man. Um,
1: yeah, no, this, yeah, this he's got was... he's got
0: a lot. New York, New York. That's another one I need to watch. Um, yeah, Crazy tons how, of movies. How
1: fast this one was instantly a a top contender, though. I mean, it was just like
0: yeah. And the more we talked about it, uh, I changed my twenty twenty three ranking to be Killers of the Flower Moon at the at the one spot.
1: Ooh. Um, Would you look at that? Over was it Past Lives? Was that number one?
0: Yeah, past lives, asteroid city, Oppenheimer, and Barbie are the top five there.
1: And a good top five we had, and the pre rolls. I'm 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 more excited for Napoleon after seeing that trailer than I was. The trailer was fucking Um, sick. Napoleon looks fucking awesome. Um, was there any other one that piqued my interest? I don't remember. Napoleon really did though. So I'm excited for that, whenever that does come out. I think that was... Oh, I guess, you know, Marvels. Uh, that that was there. Aquaman. But... Yeah. Um, I forget... Oh, the um the Rushmore X Dead Poets movie. Yeah, The Holdovers. Um, that looks kind of fun. That and does look good. It's like getting good.
0: some Best Picture buzz. Um, um, but, probably won't win, but it'll probably be nominated. But I think
1: on um, the year, I think even after Napoleon... I. Napoleon is is probably the last movie that could give these other movies a run for their money but I feel like Oppenheimer and Killers are taking taking the cake um,
0: as far as year. that genre the historical I haven't
1: seen Past Lives um, so I I, I don't I can't speak on that um, but like yeah this yeah they are oh man nah, these it's been a been a a good year for movies uh, a strange year i guess a little bit with all the strikes it's and, big time, and big stuff time. going on but but the movies that have been released um i'm not complaining of what we've what we've been getting
0: no I mean, yeah this was the 42nd 2023 film that i've had the pleasure of viewing um
1: what there's actually not been all theater experiences movies? but
0: a lot of them were That's
1: actually crazy
0: yeah, there's been a lot of movies, man. There's a lot at the bottom of this list that I do not give a shit about. Um, <laughs> yeah, just not. I mean, straight to streaming random bullshit every once in a while. I'll, I'll engage in and, you know, it's a new movie. So uh, mm-hmm. no hard feelings released on Netflix earlier this week. The uh, the comedy with Jennifer Lawrence. And uh, mm. that was uh, that's extremely funny. Strongly recommend. I think that's a it's a cute it's a cute movie. Um yeah, no. There's just a bunch of random, random bullshit. A few shorts. So if you don't count the shorts, like the if you wrapped all the Wes Anderson movies up into one, I'd be at like forty. Um, but yeah, no. Wow, it's been a good year.
1: Yeah, yeah. And this, I think we've we've gotten Scorsese's best work, which is crazy to think about. Like the that uh, I think visually, without a doubt, this is his his best visual. Uh, visually looking movie. Um, performances? I, man. Is there a better movie that you like the performances out of
0: more than? I I mean, the Irishman gives it it a run for its money on a, I mean, but as far as the peripheral characters, the supporting cast in this movie, they do not have a ton of screen time and every single one of them just devours the scenery like they are they are just absolutely eating mm-hmm. in in this movie man it's like we're we're looking at a deal where if we gave the irishman a 975 critically i'm hard pressed not to give this a 975 uh it might Make be the feel- closest we've ever gotten to a fucking 10 actually uh, is
1: it is it
0: Again, I don't think we're... like I think 9.75 is as good as we can possibly rate a movie.
1: This is true. The only place where we can comfortably give a 10 would be the enjoyment
0: category. Um, and... Hey, man. I would be 100% okay with a 10. I would. Because
1: um... I think it... it... I think the Irishman is the closest comparison that we have here, like that I came off the Irishman like a oh, holy shit that was so well made Marty is fucking a goat in the game this i'm see i'm I'm watching a master at work, and this is after that you know this is he's already been a master, um so now we're just we're just being you know put through put through Marty's director's school um his master class. And so it was insane seeing De Niro j- just in general. Like, I, he could have played any role. It was already, like, insane that it was just happening again. Like, and I'm I'm seeing it, like, in the theater for the first time. Um,
0: And that's why I'm sitting here saying, like, I think I'd be okay giving it a 10. Because I'm fairly fucking confident I watch it a second time and it's my favorite Scorsese. You know? Like, the only reason I didn't put it above The Irishman is because The Irishman just became my favorite Scorsese movie last week. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I want to give it a little time to be my favorite Scorsese movie officially in my head. Um, but is if, if, the if king, I see Killers a second time in theaters, it's it's almost certainly going to be... It's, this would it's be the
1: be king, there. the top dog of all the movies we've covered in the director's
0: spotlight. I believe it. I mean, it's.
1: It, I mean, it's it's up there with the Irishman and Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest. I think are the only nine seven fives that we've given. Yes, um, and yeah. I mean, it's it is up there, without a doubt. Um, little Women coming close, nine six seven. Yeah, I think we're there. I think it does it does deserve that little notch over the Irishman. Mm. I would, I would put it over the, I I did. I think I
0: will. Like, I'm, I'm very confident that within, uh, if I go see it within the next week, it'll be my favorite Scorsese film. Like, it's just, it is Mm -hmm. so fucking good. And it has the theater experience behind Mm -hmm. it, which always helps, you know, uh, but man, we've got a great year as far as films are concerned. As far as the four directors we've done, the four movies we've been anticipating killers of the flower moon would be the new high at 98% on our tomato meter. Then Oppenheimer would be second at 95. Then asteroid city at 94 and then Barbie at 89. So just a wonderful, wonderful year for movies. And you know, four directors, 25 feature films, all in anticipation of stuff this year. And we still got two left. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. We're going to
0: do a couple in anticipation of David Fincher's The Killer here in a couple weeks. So we got Fight Club next week and The Social Network the week after that. And then we are going to begin our Michael Mann spotlight, which will be our third largest spotlight yet, which is kind of funny. You know, we did... uh mm as far as the total for Scorsese it was the same amount as Nolan and Gerwig combined um we did Wes's entire filmography a whole 10 films in anticipation of Asteroid City but yeah we're going to do 5 no 6 no 5 5 yeah 5, five in anticipation of Michael Mann's Ferrari um which will be a lot of fun. We're gonna do Thief, then Manhunter, then uh Heat, then Collateral, then Miami Vice. And we'll top the year off with a viewing of Ferrari, which releases Christmas Day. So that'll be a fun little uh you know, we'll we'll probably have to get together the day after Christmas and do some uh do some movie viewing, which will be a lot of fun. But uh
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah. Oh man, yeah, a, lot man. Of, a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Crazy that, that Marty has come to a close.
0: That's sad, Um, but hey, like I said, you know, we've only covered 10, 11 Scorsese movies ever. There's a full other 15 for us whenever he's got another one coming and we can do another spotlight for the man. So yeah, he might be our most, uh, might get the most mileage out of Scorsese spotlights if we're, if he, if he gets to keep making mm -hmm. and keep creating. So it'll be a lot of fun.
1: He deserves the mileage. So yeah, I'll be, uh. I'll be eagerly awaiting the uh... oh, wager. wager. I know it's a one word. It's a yeah, a boom. but uh, okay.
0: The wager. Yeah, wager. I'm excited, man. It'll be a fucking goody. But uh, yeah, with that, we will conclude the Martin Scorsese director spotlight. Wow. Killers of the Flower Moon did not disappoint. Best of the year for us. Best of the year here on the Penny Bloom podcast. But uh, if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, all sorts of shit over there, including the planning for our five by five Halloween episode coming out next week. I'm so, so very excited for that. Uh, For three dollars a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod. Follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening. And to continue downloading, we are just a few hundred downloads short of my goal for the year. And while October has been a slower month, we would have to do fucking terrible for it to not get reached this year. So um, I'm thinking that I'm thinking that we're there. And I appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, remember to stand in solidarity with uh, SAG-AFTRA as they continue their struggle against these studios. Uh, they deserve to own their likeness. They deserve every penny they're asking for, because without them, without Lily Gladstone, without Leonardo DiCaprio, without Robert De Niro, without William Bellow, without Cara Jane Myers, without uh, Brendan Fraser and Jesse Plemons and all these guys and all these gals, there would not be such a fantastic fucking movie before us here with Killers of the Flower Moon and so many other great films this year and so many other lesser films. I don't care if a movie's not good. I don't care. Somebody worked on that shit, and you know what they deserve for that? To be paid properly. You know, that seems only fair. There was a straight-to-amazon straight to, uh, straight to uh, Amazon movie I watched the other day For the the season. Totally killer. I don't know. Nobody made shit off of me watching that. You know? That barely made any money for anybody. And that fucking sucks. You know? Uh, I think that everybody deserves to be compensated fairly for their work. Especially in the age of streaming. When they can get away with so much without giving back uh, at all. So. Mm. Doesn't seem too complicated to me. Stand in solidarity. With SAG, after we need unity, we need solidarity. Forever. Solidarity,
1: forever ingrained in my brain. That's for sure. Oh yeah,
0: never forget. Al Good Pacino's old Jimmy performance Hoffa. Performance oh. Jimmy Hoffa there, but uh, yeah. With here that, I was Colton Robertson, and I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Remember, before I do this, my favorite line of the movie, I don't think I ever actually said, Uh um, was uh, Lily Gladstone delivering a line that said, these blankets are a target on our backs. And I thought that was just a brilliant fucking delivery of that line. So that was my line, but I'm going to top it off with Joe's. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And can you find the wolves in this picture?